With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Conscious Bridge Radio, the program where we explore the evolution of spirituality, politics, and culture. Now here is your host, the author of four books, including Be Yourself and Our Spiritual Evolution, Mark Gilbert. Thank you and welcome again to Conscious Bridge Radio. We've got a special election 2016 edition for you today. And the program is going to circle around on uh, several issues. The overall theme today is a time to vote, a time to heal, which may seem unlikely given the current political climate in the country, but that's really what the call is for all that is going on. We're going to look at three things over the next few minutes. Um, We're going to look at the voting uh, aspect of uh, this election, uh, how some people are sensing that they don't want to vote and uh, or they're not sure who to vote for, or they're going to vote for one of the independent candidates. And we're going to look through that in just a moment. Uh, but we also uh, are going to look at today how this election and the whole process of the campaign has really changed and evolved politics in the United States. And the third thing that we're going to look at on today's program is the uh, the call that is occurring to us in America here It's a post-election call to actually come together and to heal the divide that is going on in the United States. And so those are the three points we're going to be looking at over the next few minutes, and I'm glad that you're with us today. You know, the Conscious Bridge Radio Show is actually part of the Coffee Party USA network of shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Coffee Party USA is a nonpartisan or transpartisan group who really seeks to bring civility and reason into the political process. We've been looking at our uh, actions in the coffee party, of how we can be a force for positive change in the direction and moving towards the goals of the group. And one of the things that we've realized in the last few months, and this came out of a board retreat meeting back in early August, was that uh, we heard a lot of people who were saying they're not happy with the choices. People who are uh, obviously uh, dislike Hillary on the one side of the uh, political equation, and of course many people who are not uh, in favor of Donald Trump, which is turning people either into a couple of choices. They either are deciding that they're not going to vote or that they are going to vote for a third-party candidate. You know, I I don't often agree with Ted Cruz, but I did agree with him when he came out at the Republican convention and said, vote your conscience. You know, and that's my ultimate message today is to vote your conscience for the election. The coffee parties theme for its campaigns and actions up through the election day was a hashtag vote anyway campaign. 
they've created a, a bumper sticker and a host of uh, programs and uh, messages all around encouraging people to vote. So trying to address that feeling of being disengaged by people who don't uh, resonate with either of the candidates. So I hope that all of you out there listening are feeling engaged and are wanting to vote. But uh, I know that it's uh, the choices are not exciting to everybody. Now, I don't want to take away from the fact that there are plenty of people who are in favor of uh, Hillary Clinton and, and see her as a very positive choice for this election. And uh, there's plenty of people out there who really resonate with the message of Donald Trump. And the two of them have had quite the... Uh, degree of passion among the people who are following them. It's interesting, though, that in this particular election, it seems a lot of the passion is against one of the people. That is, most of the people on the left-hand side of the political spectrum appear to have an anti-bias towards Trump, whereas the folks on the right side have this anti-Hillary bias. And so uh, when you hear a lot of people talking about the election, it seems like what they're really focusing on is voting against the other candidate. Even people who seem to be filled uh, with a concern over Donald Trump's message, his treatment of various religious and ethnic groups, and obviously the stuff that's come out in the last few days uh, before the recording of this program, uh, which includes the uh, so-called Hollywood access tape and the allegations of a number of women about the uh, sexual advances by Donald Trump. It's led a lot of people to really feel uh, that they can't support him. Yet at the same time, when they're feeling like they can't support Donald, they don't feel like they can support Hillary. So there is so much uh, anti-Hillary feelings on the right-hand side of the spectrum. Yet at the same time, so many people on the left-hand side, uh, in spite of the, uh, or I should say even before all of the sexual uh, stuff has come out in the last number of days, people who have felt like there is no way they could vote for Trump if they were on the uh, progressive or uh, left-hand side of the political spectrum. That said, um, where do they go? What do they do? Uh, you know, there's a couple of ways you can look at this particular thing. Uh, a lot of people are saying that they don't want to vote. They're not going to vote for anybody. And uh, that's a major concern. And that's why I think the coffee party decided to go with the vote anyway campaign, that even if you're not excited or passionate about either uh, Clinton or Trump, don't hesitate in allowing your voice to be heard in some form or fashion through voting. It was actually this apathy towards voting, towards either of the candidates, as well as another issue I was hearing from some people in terms of uh, it really doesn't matter who you vote for. There's not really a dime's worth of difference between the two candidates. It led me to write a blog on the Conscious Bridge website uh, recently, uh, which I'm going to reference here for a few minutes. The blog was uh, published back in September 18th of 2016. It was entitled, Does It Matter Who You Vote For? And the uh, options that I outlined in the article were basically, you know, you, you must vote for Hillary. That's the people who are on the left-hand side of the spectrum. The, and there's people who say you must vote for Donald. And uh, that's obviously on the right-hand side. And there's people who are wanting to vote for one of the independent candidates, either Jill Stein or Gary Johnson. Uh, I understand that kind of feeling of uh, putting a candidate for uh, in the third party as somebody you want to support. And I can remember many years ago uh, in the 1980 election when I was voting that uh, I could not find myself, you know, voting for Ronald Reagan, yet had found myself to be disillusioned by the 
uh, actions of uh, Jimmy Carter and feeling like whether he was you know, worthy of being reelected and feeling that draw of not feeling a satisfaction with either candidate. Uh, I ended up throwing my uh, vote towards John Anderson that year. And of course, John Anderson had no chance of winning. And in the, as we all know, Ronald Reagan won the election. And, uh, you know, personally, I think I would have changed my vote in a different way uh, looking back on it now. But I learned a lesson from that. And I think that's the key thing that I want to put out there. So if you're considering voting for a third-party candidate, Jill Stein's not going to win. Gary Johnson's not going to win. Uh, in fact, if you if you go to their websites, you read about them. There's a lot of good things that they say. I mean, there's things that really truly resonate with you. Uh, Jill Stein with the Green Party and, and Gary Johnson with the Libertarian Party. But, um, you know, I, I neither one is going to get elected. And so in a sense, when you throw your vote for them, it could be a protest vote, yes. But, uh, you know, the question is, your protest, is it going to be heard? Is it going to make a difference? All it means is that you're not going to vote for anybody that's going to win. And your voice isn't actually going to get heard. And that's the same thing that would happen if you don't vote anyway. I mean, the whole apathy of not wanting to vote uh, and, and saying that by the very nature that I'm withholding my vote is a protest, again, keeps you from expressing your choices. You know, I really have to ask you, what kind of country do you want to live in? Where do you want this world to go? And which of the candidates most resonates and highlights that for you? Yes, both candidates, whether it's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, have some flaws to them. Um, you know, and I think I've come out on my website, uh, you know, in favor of, of Hillary Clinton and supporting her. But I acknowledge that there are um, issues and questions that a lot of people have about her. And to my feeling is that even though I'm going to vote for her, um, I feel compelled that after the election, there has to be some call to ensure that uh, there's actions that move us away from uh, the direction we've been going in the past. So there has to be uh, uh, holding accountable of our political uh, winners to make sure they make positive change for the country. So that was the conclusion that I put in my uh, my blog, uh, again, supporting the Vote Anyway campaign, encouraging everybody to vote. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm really a political and spiritual progressive, as most of you know, um, but uh, I really think that it's important that everybody's voice is heard. And that's one of the things that I've been sort of disillusioned about in terms of the uh, elections and voting where uh, people uh, in certain districts and certain areas of the country are taking steps to try to limit the number of people voting. I think everybody's voice should be heard. Even if you disagree with me and you're a staunch supporter of uh, Gary Johnson, Jill Stein, or, or uh, Donald Trump, uh, I encourage you to get out and vote. Express your voice. Express your, your conscience. Vote your conscience, uh, as Ted Cruz said, and I agree with him on that statement. You know, that's really your right as a citizen to get out and, and, and to express who you want but I would invite you to also consider who is the one who's going to be the person who is in the best position to represent the United States and its interests uh, around the world and, and moving forward. I was watching a TV program the other night, um, Chelsea Handler on Netflix, and she had uh, Jesse Ventura on. And Jesse was indicating that he was not going to vote for either of Hillary or um, Trump, and he was actually supporting Gary Johnson. But ultimately, his message, too, was vote your conscience. Um, you know, I honor Jesse for saying, you know, vote your conscience and 
saying who he was going to vote for. But I disagree with him. I don't think Gary Johnson's gonna is gonna win. And you know, if you watch Bill Maher, he uh, takes a lot of pot shots at, at Johnson because there's a lot of documented uh, situations where uh, Johnson should have known something and was thrown questions by reporters where he, you know, had no clue about it. I just feel like he's not prepared to lead the country. Uh, it would be very, very disruptive if one of the third party candidates were to win. And uh, it's um, not going to be helpful. Another thing I just wanted to mention was the other day I was having um, lunch with a, a few people. There were two of them that live in England, and one of them was from Canada. And uh, we got into our discussion talking about politics. And the uh, interesting thing that occurred in the conversation was they said, you guys here in the States think that when you're voting for president, you're voting for just somebody to lead your country. But what you forget about is that this person is a representative and spokesperson for the strongest country in the world that their message and direction actually affects all of the countries. Canada is affected by it. The UK is affected by it. You know, um, obviously, you know, Hillary Clinton's been saying that uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia are trying to effectuate, effectuate uh, uh, some sort of direction in the election and with the release of the WikiLeaks documents and so forth, uh, the emails from the Democratic side. So uh, obviously, if that's true, and I don't know that, but if that's true, then it really represents the fact that even Russia feels like they want to get involved in directing who's going to be the selection for our president. So I think when we go into that uh, ballot box uh, or if when we mail in our ballots, as we do here in Colorado, it's, it's good for us to think that this is an important decision that impacts the world because we are the largest and most important and most powerful country in the world. And the person who holds this job really has some influence. The other... Um, point that comes up a lot uh, that I heard from people in terms of it doesn't make any difference who you vote for. Um, the, the, their description goes along this lines. Most, both of the major parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, are controlled by moneyed interest. That our political system's been um, tweaked and changed over the last number of years to make it more under the control of the moneyed people, i.e. the one percenters actually have the ear of Congress and the president that there is this ruling financial elite of people who determine who's going to be elected and then control what happens after they're elected. And so the uh, the way this story goes is that if you look at the, the candidates of Clinton and or Trump, and then also who controls both houses of, of uh, Congress, you know, the moneyed elite are going to end up controlling it anyway. And that's their, their saying. You know, and there's a lot of evidence to back that up. I mean, I, I look into it and there's a lot of in indications that there's, a, you know, a, a undue influence by money and corporations in our political process. In fact, in the coffee party, one of the major goals of the coffee party really is to try to get moneyed interest out of uh, the political arena. Repeal Citizens United, campaign finance reform and, and other changes that will actually allow the voice of the people to be more influential in the government than the voice of the moneyed interest. So I fully support the idea of uh, the voice of the people over the voice of money. But the whole feeling that uh, no matter who we vote for, whether it's Hillary, whether it's uh, Donald, isn't going to matter. There could be some truth to it in terms of controlled by money and corporations. But I think beyond that, there are areas where it's really different because the presidential uh, representative of our country 
has a bully pulpit and speaks to the world about our values. Hillary's values of inclusiveness and having the voice heard of everyone and bringing their people together certainly is one message over and above Donald Trump's message of building a wall, blocking Muslims from entering the country and separating us from other people. It could very well be that at the end of the day, you know, the policies are always tweaked in favor of money and corporations. But I have to ask myself, and I would ask you to ask the same question, which voice do you want speaking out as a representative of the United States? So vote anyway. That's the message of the coffee party. That's my message for you today. And let's uh, stop there and look at the second point. The second point I want to talk about today and, and have us just think about, and I'd like you to think about this too as I'm just um, espousing upon it for a few minutes, is how has this election actually changed us? You know, I tend to think that things happen for a reason. And I also noticed that we have been going on. It seems like we've been under the presidential election for a long, long time. You know, almost two years, it feels like. And this has not been your typical election. I mean, there's been so many things about this that we can point at that make it, uh, you know, atypical. Even on the uh, Democratic side, the very fact that it seemed like, you know, Hillary Clinton was a shoe-in, but this grassroots effort on support of Bernie Sanders and bringing a voice to a people who felt disengaged on the left-hand side of the spectrum really uh, opened up uh, uh, the changes in the uh, platform and the voice of what uh, the Democrats have been saying in this election cycle over what I think we would have heard if uh, Hillary had run uncontested. Uh, Similarly, on the Republican side, I mean, wow, what a wild show that was occurring with all of the candidates who announced their uh, candidacy and put themselves out there running. And, you know, remember the debates with the 20 people or so on the stage. Remember when they had to have second debates because, uh, you know, they only put the primary ones in the one debate. And there was another debate with the people who were polling at the smaller levels. And then they winnowed them down in the process of winnowing them down. I mean, it's just been a reality show from the beginning. Remember, and and so many people say that, uh, you know, Donald Trump was entertaining at the very beginning, but nobody gave him a snowball's chance in hell of actually getting the nomination. And they kept wondering when one of the the many gaffes that he was uh, uh, doing would uh, lead to him having to get out of the election. And he did things time after time that people said, okay, that's the end. But it didn't end his campaign. It only strengthened it. And so what a wild ride that's been. So many people have described this as almost like a reality show. You know, I think it's very appropriate that we have a reality show uh, uh, TV personality running for president because this whole uh, campaign and election has certainly seemed like a reality show. It's uh, re- displaced sports in some areas is uh, the things that we like to watch. You know, and I think the, the whole... Uh, Donald Trump getting the nomination is obviously going to have major changes on the Republican Party. Just look at the people who have had to step up and sort of say, okay, I'm going to uh, go along and support Trump anyway. Uh, And, you know, sort of like some people say selling their soul to the devil kind of thing in terms of how they've had to support uh, uh, the candidate of the party. Yet other people have distanced themselves. Uh, All of the former Bush presidents of the Bush family have said that they have not endorsed and not supporting Trump. Uh, uh, 
the first Bush president indicated he was voting for Hillary uh, Clinton for president. It's just been a very interesting time to see this, this sort of thing going on. But the Republicans are going to have an interesting uh, dialogue when they come out of the other side of this election. They're going to have to really figure out what does their party stand for. You know, it was interesting after the last election and the Republicans didn't win much of the Latino vote, there was a lot of uh, discussion in the Republican Party about how they were going to have to change their messaging and address the rising number of Latino uh, voters in the United States. Yet, instead of doing that, it appears they've doubled down on a sort of anti-Hispanic vote. Uh, it's it's just been interesting. And they're going to have to come to grips on this and decide, is this really the direction they want to go? One other evolutionary change I think that's occurring here with this election has been the use of words in the public sphere. Uh, I think we can see this way back in when Bill Clinton went through his impeachment, that all of a sudden we were talking about sexual matters in the news that we never thought would be described in that level of detail. And this whole matter recently with the effect of, uh, of Trump coming out and having to address his uh, the videotape where he uh, talks about assaulting women, or locker room talk, to use his phrase, uh, followed up with the women who've actually uh, come forward with public complaints, has led to a lengthy uh, media cycle of sexual discussion in our, our political arena, which has just been uh, very interesting. Uh, and, and I think this is going to change us. You know, there are words that have been used in the news that have not been used previously, and every time this happens, I think we change a little bit as a people. Uh, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I'm not going to put the judgment on it, but it is certainly something that we're going to have to acknowledge has had some sort of impact on the American public. Two other things we've not seen before have occurred in this election. One is the Trump looking at Hillary and saying he's going to put her in jail uh, right in the middle of uh, the debate. Uh, and then as later uh, disagreeing with his own vice presidential candidate, uh, Pence, on foreign policy, dealing with ISIS. It's just interesting to see that there are these things that have never occurred before in our political system that are occurring now. And we have to wonder, how is this actually going to change us? And what does this say for us as a country as we move forward? So in a quick summary, what I'm really doing is calling you to vote. And I know that uh, there have been seeing so many people uh, out there driving up the vote. This has probably been the biggest uh, time that I have seen calls for ensuring that people are registered, um, PR and notifications and churches, the media, in front of my library every time I go there, all around uh, the place. Uh, I just see more and more of encouraging people to vote. And I encourage you as well. And the Coffee Party, through its Vote Anyway campaign, is encouraging everyone to make sure that your vote is registered. And the other thing is to reflect on how this election is really changing our country, how who we were previously is evolving into something different. And is that something different, the direction we want to go? And that's the theme I want to pick up on after the break, uh, is how do we take this election and this experience that we've had and move out of it into taking our country towards the country that we want it to be? So we're talking about the election 2016, a time to vote, a time to heal. It's Conscious Bridge Radio. This is Mark Gilbert. I'll be back in just a moment.
Hi, this is Debbie Lynn Molyneux, President of Coffee Party USA. I hope you're enjoying this program, which is part of the Coffee Party's radio network of shows. Have you ever wondered exactly what is the Coffee Party? Well, have you ever brought up the subject of politics and watched as people roll their eyes? Well, Coffee Party is an all-volunteer nonprofit to encourage respectful conversation around politics. We want people to connect with each other in a more meaningful way. Coffee Party supports reforms of our electoral, campaign finance, government accountability, and tax systems. We also promote cultural changes to address political disengagement, polarization, and misinformation. Won't you come join us? Check out our website and find out how you can get involved as a member and a volunteer of Coffee Party USA today. Help bring civility and reason back to our political process. Go to coffeepartyusa.com to find out more. That's coffeepartyusa.com. Thank you. Hi, Mark Gilbert again. I hope you're enjoying this radio program. I invite you to also check out the Conscious Bridge website at www.consciousbridge.com or see the link on the radio program's website. There I've been sharing my exploration of the evolution of spirituality, politics, and culture for the past six years. You'll find descriptions and links of all four of my books, as well as years of articles, free audios, videos, listings and links to numerous resources, and be sure and sign up for my newsletter as well. If you do, you'll get a free gift from me. All of this and a whole lot more at ConsciousBridge.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back, and thanks for staying with us. Again, this is Mark Gilbert, host of Conscious Bridge Radio, and we're talking today about a time to vote, a time to heal. Uh, In the earlier segment of the program, we were looking at the importance of voting. I hope everybody is uh, uh, on board with voting, the selection cycle, and that this election has also changed America. And has it changed it for the better or the worse? Or just to acknowledge that there are uh, obviously uh, some evolutionary changes occurring in our country uh, through the process we've been through. What I want to focus on now, though, is uh, also a topic that we had in our last program. Uh, Last month, uh, the theme was the America we want to live in, the world we want to live in, and we were looking at the vision of the world that we want. Uh, I, as a shorthand, often say that the world I want to live in is a world that works for everyone or a world that works for all, and it's briefly described as a world where everybody has their basic needs met. Think of Maslow's hierarchy, and the lower level needs are met. But as you move up the higher level, it frees you to focus on higher things. And so, you know, basic physiological needs, safety and security, love and belongingness, self-esteem, what Maslow's lower needs were, if they were met, that frees you then to focus on self-actualization. Or in his later model, he added a higher level at the top called self-transcendence to look at and consider... uh, your life and its direction to something beyond um, the uh, the sense of your own individuality as a as a human being. Well, a world that works for everybody has all of their lower needs met and frees them to self actualize. But how do we do that? How do we make a, a you know the devils in the details in terms of setting a basic standard of living for everybody and making sure everybody has access to clean water, food, education, uh, a job, a career? you know, a safe place to live and so on. But a world that works for everyone has those things met for them in some form or fashion. And so when I'm looking at the United States and all of the things that are going on and the divisiveness that's occurring in this election, how do we move after this election? 
no matter who wins, to creating a world where everybody feels honored, supported, and that they can move forward in creating the best life for themselves. And that's the real question that I think is before us. I know when I came out uh, publicly in favor of uh, Hillary Clinton a couple of months back, I did that after actually caucusing for Bernie Sanders here in Colorado and not taking a public stance on any candidate in my prior lives that seemed to be problematic, both as a longtime government leader and then as a a minister in a spiritual center. It just seemed inappropriate to be taking a public stance. The minute that you say that you're for one candidate, then you're eliminating uh, a lot of people from... uh, uh, being with you with what you're trying to accomplish in both that government job or that that spiritual position. So uh, this is the first time actually I've ever come out but it and said that uh, I was supporting a particular candidate. But that said, in the acknowledgement that I was going to support Clinton in this election, I also said we as a country need to stop and take a look at what is it that has given rise to this passion, this excitement, this desire to support Donald Trump. Uh, You know, uh, being a progressive, it's very disturbing to me to hear his political statements that are um, exclude people, the building the wall, the treatment of Hispanics, the uh, keeping Muslims from entering the country. His statements have a ring of racist undertones to them that make it very difficult for me to hear them. Yet at the same time, when I hear so many people feeling like Donald Trump speaks for them, it's easy just to simply say, as people like Bill Maher do, that, you know, the country's full of dumb people or, you know, we're just, it's just the dumbing down of America or that, uh, you know, it's, it's ignorant, dumb folk and they shouldn't be heard. I disagree with that. As I said in the earlier segment, uh, I believe everybody's voice should be heard and everybody's uh, political uh, desires should be in the mix, that I want everybody to vote. So even if you're a staunch uh, right-wing person who might you know, vote against me nine times out of ten uh, in the terms of what I vote for in terms of candidates, uh, I'd rather you vote. I want you to vote. Uh, I want your voice to be heard. But at the same time, uh, what's getting me with Donald Trump and the, and the supporters who hear all of this sort of racial overtones and rhetoric is what's behind that. What leads a person to supporting that kind of thing? And I think, you know, if Donald loses and Hillary wins, Hillary needs to take back some steps and say, how can we heal the divide? How can we truly bring ourselves together? First off, there's going to be so many people who are uh, anti-Hillary uh, and feel like she's, you know, crooked Hillary and uh, that she and the Clinton uh, Foundation and all this stuff has been done uh, illegally. And it's there's just going to be so much anti-Hillary rhetoric that all of a sudden you know, we, we're going to be have that major divisiveness already. It's real easy when one candidate wins an election to say that uh, the people have spoken and they're going to disregard the needs of the other side. But I think we as voters need to step up and say, hey, everybody needs to be heard in this country. And so I'd like to know what are the needs and desires of the people who feel that Donald Trump needs their support. 
There's an interesting article that occurred in the recent Mother Jones magazine, the September and October 2016 edition. The cover is entitled The Origins of Trump. There's an interesting article in the magazine that is entitled No Country for White Men, written by Arlie Russell um, Hothschild. Uh, the interesting thing about this article is that the author actually went down to Louisiana and stayed with and lived with and uh, interviewed over a long period of time a number of people who are on the middle to lower socioeconomic end of the spectrum, factory workers and such people who are uh, trying to make a living in life, but, you know, are one or two paychecks away from, you know, uh, having life not go their way. And it's an interesting article, but I want to read you just one section out of the article because in it, she gives what she sees from her time uh, with these people as the deep story that goes behind their thought process, that they have this story that they hold up as what is true of what's going on in our political process. And that's driving a lot of their decisions. And I think it's useful for us who may not support Trump to see that our people have a different story about life. Here's how it goes. It says, you're patiently standing in the middle of a long line stretching toward the horizon where the American dream awaits. But as you wait, you see people cutting in line ahead of you. Many of these line cutters are black, beneficiaries of affirmative action or welfare. Some are career-driven women pushing into jobs they never had before. Then you see immigrants, Mexicans, Somalis, the Syrian refugees yet to come. As you wait in this unmoving line, you're being asked to feel sorry for them all. You have a good heart, but who's deciding who you should feel compassion for? Then you see President Barack Hussein Obama waving the line cutters forward. He's on their side. In fact, isn't he a line cutter too? How did this fatherless black guy pay for Harvard? As you wait your turn, Obama is using the money in your pocket to help the line cutters. He and his liberal backers have removed the shame from taking. The government has become an instrument for redistributing your money to the undeserving. It's not your government anymore. It's theirs. The author ran this story, this picture of the world, by a number of the people that they had uh, been interviewing. And they basically said, hey, you're reading my mind. You're basically describing what I see life as. For many of the rest of us, it may seem like this story makes no sense. But there are many people in our country who really feel that they are disenfranchised, that the great American dream that they bought into and believed was the truth for themselves has been held out uh, and, and that they're one day going to um, avail themselves of that dream. What comes in this kind of worldview is the sense that the moneyed interest who Back to the point I was making earlier that many people feel like no matter who wins, it doesn't matter. The money and interest are going to control things anyway. The progressive side of the equation says, how can people on the right vote against their self-interest by voting for people who are going to give tax cuts to the wealthy? Yet if this is your story, if this is your worldview, then you look at it and say giving those tax cuts is going giving it the money in the hands of people who perhaps might create those jobs that I'm so you know struggling for. 
if I've seen factories closing or people losing their jobs or minor little changes in the economy in my geographical area leading to people getting laid off, then I want to keep the money flowing to those people who have always been creating the jobs for me. That's the mindset. Yet for many others, you can point to the fact that uh, tax cuts to the rich historically don't lead to increased jobs. There are some jobs that come out of it, uh, but for the most part, it just puts more money concentrated in the hands of the wealthy. Or is that just a story the left is telling themselves? You know, uh, I'd like to believe that the data that I've read and seen and, and feel is true is that tax cuts for the wealthy uh, don't trickle down. They don't create jobs. That they All they do is contribute to the income inequality that we've been experiencing in this country for so many years. But is it true? In any case, what's important here and what I'm trying to get at is that there are obviously millions of Americans that this is their story, that they feel that they've been cut off for the American dream. And somehow or another, if Hillary Clinton is elected, these people need to feel like she's their president too, and that she needs to take action, and the entire government needs to take action to help people get back the sense of being empowered. You know, many people on the left feel like that the moneyed interest has taken power away. And I think that's why the rise to um, people resonating with Bernie Sanders is the sense that the people in Washington don't care about our interests. They only care about the interests of the moneyed people. And so there is another story on the, on the left-hand side of the spectrum that says we need to make change so that we take money out of politics. We tax the wealthy. We raise the income levels and create jobs for people in the middle level. Now, hopefully that happens. Hopefully, no matter who is elected, and no matter what happens with taxes, that this middle class, the people who are supporting Trump and buy into this story that we're talking about here, of standing in line and feeling people are cutting in front of you, that they feel like they're back engaged and moving forward on the American dream. We need to tap their dreams, their desires, back to the creating a world that works for all. They need to have their basic needs met, and that includes safety and security on the economic front so that they can be free to live the life that they are here to live. But similarly, if you're on the left-hand side and your story is that money controls the government and we need to get the money out of politics and we need to tax the wealthy and bring about less income inequality, hopefully that voice is heard too. Ultimately, no matter who is elected, there needs to be a sense that we're all Americans in this together, that we're all here to help and support one another no matter what, our race, our creed, our religion, no matter what our political feelings are, no matter how we label ourselves as Republican or Democrat, that we need to come back and heal the divide. We need to move beyond our stories. We need to solve the problems 
and we need to create a world that works for all. So again, I encourage you to vote. This is Mark Gilbert with Conscious Bridge Radio. As we come to a close today, I just encourage you to think about this. Vote your conscience. Vote for the candidate who resonates with you the most. But after the election's over and the coffee party's next phase of its campaign post-election is hashtag stay involved. And we're looking at a series of activities and actions, including partnering with other organizations to stay, uh, everyone stay involved in the political process. So I hope that you vote your conscience, that you recognize how this election has changed you and us as a country, that you are seeing and feeling and sensing the divisiveness that is occurring in this country and recognize that no matter who is elected, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, that after the election, we all stay involved. We stay involved in a manner that allows the government to be one that works for everybody, no matter what their income levels and no matter what their backgrounds. So I encourage you to get out there and stay involved, but not from a partisan standpoint, but from a standpoint that works to create a world that supports and honors everyone. Till next time, this is Mark Gilbert for Conscious Bridge Radio. Thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed this program. Feel free to check out my website, ConsciousBridge.com. Drop me a note, Mark at ConsciousBridge.com, and let me know what you thought of the program. Thanks, and take care. Till next time, we'll see you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.